Hello everyone, my name is Saurabh Guru and I'm your host today for the Digital Adoption Show. I have with me Marco Dondi. Hi Marco, how are you doing today? Hi everyone, uh, thanks Saurabh for having me at the show. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm in uh, sunny Lausanne uh, in Switzerland. Wow, lovely place to be in. <laughs> I, I wish I was there. I, I mean, I'll introduce everyone to the digital... I mean, you, you guys have been listening to Digital Adoption Show already. I'll give you a brief about what we are going to talk about today. Uh, we're talking about discover the skills future employees will need. And you'll hear it from a McKenzie expert, which, you know, who's with us, uh, Marco Dundee. Um before I start, a quick introduction. Um, myself, Saurabh Guru, I had the global customer solutions team at Watfix. Uh, I've been in the IT industry for 15 years and uh, I helped uh, our customers and enterprises adopt uh, and implement enterprise application softwares uh, you know, uh, throughout the years. Uh, I have Marco with me today, uh, who is a Future of Work expert at McKenzie. Marco, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Uh, sure, Saurabh. Yes, uh, I, I joined McKinsey in 2009, so quite a while ago. Um, it was straight out of university. I studied a combination of management and economics. Um, and uh, I took a variety of roles in McKinsey. Uh, I, I spent some time as in our practice of economic development, uh, um, managing the, or the research and the knowledge uh, from that practice. And, and indeed, uh, out of, uh, it's interesting that out of the economic development, actually, we started looking into uh, this topic of uh, uh, given all the future of work trends, uh, whether it's uh, the adoption of new technologies uh, or uh, different ways of working, how does that change the needs of skills of people and therefore of the uh, systems that develop those skills, be that in the early educations or in adults and continuous training. Excellent topic and excellent background for the topic that we are discussing today and more so for the current trends of the industry as well, right, with the rapid changes post-COVID. Uh, Marco, I will quickly start with uh, how does someone from economics background end up at Future of Work? Uh, how, how did this, this journey happen? Uh, and I would love people to tell a little about Marco. Uh, he's already written a book on economics, right? And we are discussing here with him, Future of Work, and his study and his research paper on skills that citizens need, uh, you know, uh, for uh, future of work. So, Marco, how did this transition to econo from economics to future of work happen? Uh, let's see. I mean, the two are kind of separate. I actually wrote the book as a personal project, so it's, it's not really part of my work. Eh? Um, and but, but I guess, you know, the book is indeed mostly on economics, and the reason why I wrote it is actually the same reason I am in economics and ultimately in the future of work and in education, right? Uh, and it is that uh, um, the, the world still has a lot of people that are not living a life that is aligned with the possibility of our times. Uh, and this is something that can be impacted by economics, uh, but it's also something that can be impacted through education. And so I guess here is here is where the link comes. Uh, and more practically, as I mentioned, uh, in McKinsey, I did work a lot on economic development. And, and about five years ago, we saw that the, one of the key topics to solve for, for further economic development and, and for inclusive growth uh, was this topic of... Uh, uh, understanding what are the skills needed uh, in the future. And, uh, you know, in some situations, they're more along the 
technical side and different roles. Uh, and so those are things that we typically work on when we uh, support different organizations in reskilling. Uh, but then uh, on the other end, we also saw that there are a variety of skills and, and attitudes and attributes which, which are not dependent on any specific role or any specific job or, or function. Uh, it's really about uh, those transversal skills that help you and help anyone continuously develop, uh, continuously learn, and continuously adapt to, to the more rapid change that, that the workplaces will have in the future. And I think is, is ultimately the link is education and, and, and training is ultimately what leads uh, people at different stages of their life to be productive members of societies in, in their employers. Uh, and so I guess that's the key link to um, then the economic impact that they have and the impact that, that then a more prosperous society can have on everyone. Great thought, great thought. Uh, Marco, I, I would like to dwell on that a little bit. Uh, why, why do we think that the skills that people have today, uh, they are no longer relevant for our organizations? And why do you think there is a need for change? Um, yeah, thank you, Sora, for the question. Um, the, we are seeing that uh, the, the world of work and, and broader even society is, is undergoing a variety of significant trends that are making this time very different than in the past. And one of those differences is just the pace of change. Um, if we think of introduction of uh, technology and the pace at which technology itself is changing, um, you know, many of these technical skills become obsolete in 12 to 18 months. Uh, and so that's just, you know, one example of more rapid pace of change. If we think of the the business models, the new business models that are emerging, you know, think of e-commerce, think of uh, uh, the move away from the old brick and mortars towards more and more digital uh, services and digital um, products. Um, if you go a further step, you know, artificial intelligence is something that, uh, of course, has already been deployed and adapted. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you take a step further and thinking the speed of diffusion of these technologies and, and also as these technologies become better, what are the, all the type of activities that they could substitute? Um, that will cause, of course, a lot of change. And, and I think uh, the, the focus here is really the rapidity uh, of change will likely force people to not have one job for all of their life or even two or three jobs for all their lives, right? Many of many people that are coming to the workforce today they'll have to go through possibly 10 different transitions, some minor, some a bit more uh, significant. Um, you know, today in Europe, we are expecting in the next 10 years that 20 million people will need to completely change occupation if they want to keep, to keep uh, um, being a productive member of society in, in the workforce. And so that, that causes um, skills that weren't really the focus in the past. Um, you know, the, the previous industrial revolution, it was, it was just a focus on, you know, either that capability, that technical skills, uh, the ability to do something. Uh, but once you learn it, uh, you're good. Uh, you're good for uh, maybe maybe it happens once that you need to learn something else. But I think this idea that you actually, whatever you learn uh, by the time you're 10 years in the labor force, you know, what you learn is almost not irrelevant, but it's, it's, it's a minor component of what you need. Uh, it means that uh, all of these skills of continuously adapt, continuously learn, become much more important than they were in the past. If I understand this correctly, you're basically talking about setting a base, setting a foundation that sets you up for 
you know, the whole industry across the vertical, right? Uh, so aligned to that, uh, what kind of foundational skills would you recommend to the new generation to set them up for success in future of work? And this is a, a, a something that uh, we have written recently about. Uh, and, and so in this article that uh, I don't know if your audience uh, has, uh, has uh, we will receive it, but basically it's titled Defining the uh, Skills that uh, f- uh, Citizens Will Need to Future-Proof Themselves. And in this analysis, what we have done is uh, trying to go a bit more deeper uh, and, and and really talk about uh, like giving names to each of these skills, right? Uh, m- maybe I'll, I'll take a step back, right? Like uh, even today or even 10 years ago, many employers have always been complaining about students come out of universities, come out of schools, they're not ready for, for, for work, right? Very few of these complaints were about technical skills. So, so the, the, the discussion that there are some sort of transversal foundational skills that uh, people are missing, is not new. Mm-hmm. Now, what what is, I think, unfortunate, and therefore the reason why we wrote this paper, is that uh, many people call those with a, with a very broad label of soft skills. Oh, those are the soft skills. And I think soft itself is, is, is a horrible brand because those are actually skills that are really hard to master. And these are the skills that, are, you know, in McKinsey, we happen to find that this is the skills we train CEOs and executives and managers on, right? So, so this is, we're not going to, like, McKinsey doesn't do much training, but like, uh, given we advise a lot of our senior clients. Oftentimes, we also provide them executive learning opportunities. And, and when we look into those, well, very little of this is technical, right? It's uh, All of those technical skills are something that at some point you might have needed in, in your junior years. Uh, but what is really difficult to master and what really is distinguishing talent are actually what people call generically soft skills uh, under a brand soft, which which somehow it doesn't make them justice, right? So I think what we have done first is is trying to really unpack these uh, so-called soft skills because uh, there's a very broad variety of these, right? And so in general, we we, we try to organize them around uh, there are some higher cognitive skills uh, and there's, uh, and this is again a broad category, right? Within these, it's uh, there's, there's uh, much, uh, much variety as well. Um, but then there are some skills that are more about your self-leadership uh, and, and, you know, just to give some example as well, right? This is about your ability to achieve goals and having goal orientation, but also your ability to cope with uncertainty, your self-awareness, your self-management. So there's a lot of skills that are really about yourself. Then there are a lot of skills that are around you interacting with others, whether it's in a team or whether it's developing a relationship in the work or outside of work, and also your ability to mobilize, you know, large change or large large groups. And so these are these are skills we have put under the interpersonal group. Uh, and then nowadays, there are some basic digital skills that are, even though they are very different in nature and, and people typically don't think of these digital skills together with the, the bucket of soft skills. But today in, in the world of work is actually quite difficult uh, if you are missing out some basic digital skills, whether they are just really the fluency uh, but also understanding just the potential of technologies, right? You don't need to be a tech expert, but if you don't know what technology can do, you risk taking decisions that are not good for your business or not good for yourself if you have your own business, for example. Uh, and so we basically combine these broad set of skills, trying to really explain in details, you know, what these are. And we stopped calling them soft skills. These are elements that lead to talent, right? This is what defines talent. And so that's why we call them distinct elements of talent, which as a short term, we gave the, the, the name of Delta. Sure. And, and uh, I, I really like that the way you put it in a sort of a framework, Delta, uh, right? Uh, let's, let's, let's discuss a little more on that. So what, what is a Delta approach, right? How, how do people learn using it? 
And if if I could ask, why is it called delta? Uh, yeah. So why is it called delta? Is is what I just mentioned, right? So so yeah. the D is for distinct because uh, it's important, and this is the first point of the framework, right? Um, if you, I mean, go into chemistry, right? You're not gonna. You, you need to know exactly what the, what right. the elements you're you're mixing if you want to get the right compound, right? And yeah. so similarly. It's you. You want to know and start having a common language, even to talk about. Uh, you know, let's talk about communication. Communication is a very broad term. Uh, you know, are we talking about active listening? Are we talking about synthesizing messages? Are we talking about uh, public speaking? You know, the the way to develop these are very complete skills in the, very uh, distinct st- skills in in themselves. The the approach to develop them is different, and therefore, if you don't separate them and you don't give them uh, their, their names and then uh, like you, you won't really be able to craft uh, an effective program uh, for, for learning. And so this is a bit uh, starting to answer the way of uh, like your, your question of uh, um, how do you use this framework, right? And as I think one use of this framework is once you get to the granularity of saying, you know, communication is not just a broad skill, but there are very specific uh, aspects of communication, then each aspect of communication, each element of communication can be associated with, uh, okay, this is how I best train and develop this, uh, this, um, this specific element. And, and this is how I'm going to observe and, abs- and assess whether this uh, element is being developed or not. And so I think one of the key use of this framework is really to structure much more systematically and, and, and consciously, you know, any, any training or learning program. Now, the elements of talent I mentioned, you know, the talent uh, for me, it's, uh, th- this is really what, uh, you know, the recruiting agencies are testing before they send people up to the two interviews. Uh, this is what uh, employers are testing when they hire. This is what, uh, you know, the business school and the executive leaderships uh, are, are, are teaching. So, so these are, this is about talent. This is not about soft skills. And so that delta, uh, well, distinct elements of talent where it comes from. Now on the, on the how to use it, right? So I think uh, different individuals can, can use it in, in different ways, right? Like I think the basic and, and what we thought of is, is if you're crafting, if you're, you know, a learning and development, a professional, or if you have a, an education system, or if you're a teacher, you can start using this to think of uh, how do I develop these different elements in, in my students, in my colleagues, in my organization. As an individual, um, oftentimes I start using, I find myself in conversation with my partner, which uh, is, you know, discussing about some of her challenges at work and some of the uh, skills that some of her colleagues lack. And, and, you know, and she's, she's going to talk about the genetic term. And then I say, look, what you really mean and what exactly this person is missing, you know, this person is, is great at this part, but is missing this specific skill set. And this is why, like, and this is how you can give this person feedback to be much more practical, right? Because saying you're missing leadership, that's not very helpful. But if you're saying, you know what, like uh, in your leadership style, you're missing the ability to give energy to your team. You're focused only on, on deliverables, but you need to think of the team and, and part of it is being able to uh, you know, motivate them and, 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 and empower them. And so that's, that's exactly what you want to talk to them, right? Not, not the generic. So, so I think it's, it's very useful to give more precise feedback. Uh, so, so that's, that's another way that I'm 
finding myself to use it. Uh, and so maybe as a, as an individual, uh, and sometime even in, you know, discussion with my partner, we, uh, we, 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 we do point at each other on, you know, when, when, uh, we are not using one of these skills within our conversations. Great. Uh, I think I really love that insight based on how it started, how it had a personal load to it as well. And uh, also that it touched upon a broad range, right? It's touched upon recruiting, it's touched upon teamwork, it's touched upon hiring, it's touched upon, you know, how people might be play well together if they have a balance of these skills. A really great insight, right? But to get future ready, how should people develop these skills, right? Especially considering this is a broad range, right? Very broad range. So how, how should people actually learn or how should people actually develop these skills to be future ready? Yeah, and uh, again, thanks for the great question, uh, Saurabh. And as you mentioned, it's a broad range, which, uh, uh, and this is one of the feedback that we receive from the from the paper is, you know, you put out a paper saying these are foundational skills and then you have 56. If it's 56, they right. can't be the foundational one. So, and it is, you know, very fair, fair input. And so what the thinking that we have done after it is, is to look at, uh, you know, which one are really the foundational ones in the sense that uh, you need to have and master them in order to be able to then learn and develop the others. And I, and I think here the exercise we've done is, is splitting, you know, those 56 in, in different categories and really pointing out what are those foundational ones, right? And, uh, and I think the, what we found indeed is that, uh, you know, the, the digital ones, those are more the technical skills uh, that you need to have the basics you need to have, but, but, you know, those are also something you need to keep up all the time. And so it's, it's, it's really an output, right? Like if you have the right curiosity and the right, uh, and now I'm, of course, mentioning some of the more uh, some of the more foundational one. But if you, if if you have the combination of the curiosity and the ability to uh, you know keep up to date and and continuously learn, you know those things you get right. You, the, the, those are really not foundational. Then we saw that there are uh, some of these skills and attitudes that are a bit more what we call human based, right? And so in that sense, for sure, they'll have a much longer shelf life than the technical one. You know, think of uh, like uh, just to give a sense, right? Think of. Uh, uh, your empathy, your uh, humility, your uh, sense of integrity, your ability to cope with uncertainty. You know, these are more human intrinsic skills, uh, which are important. But again, these are probably not at the pinnacle. They're not the foundational one because, uh, you know, you can master them, but it's not that mastering empathy gives you the ability to you know, develop a curiosity. And so this is really when we, when we got to, you know, what are the few skills that are, uh, really meta? So you need, they're foundational. You need to get them first. And so I think what we came up with was uh, number one, I think I mentioned that, that sense of, uh, curiosity, which we translated in, you know, the ability to continuously learn, right? Like, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's that, uh, uh self-development, uh, instinct that lead you to continuously want to learn. And immediately after that, if you want to self-develop the, the one, part of self-development is asking and giving feedback because uh, it's uh, it's it's really important uh, to have a different perspective on uh, things we're doing well and things that we could uh, improve without that ability to ask and have a feedback conversation it's really difficult to to to, to develop it and then uh, i think the other part was the adaptability that also came up um, in, in, among those set uh, being able to really adapt to different style of working, different people, different situations, uh, and and therefore you know in that adaptability, the comes together the the ability to flex and the ability to learn. And then the last one I would mention is the self confidence, right? This is something that uh, oftentimes it came it came 
up high uh, in you know we we, we did the, we, we we did some regression on you know the proficiency we found in people with some of these skills and uh, and their ability to have higher incomes uh, higher job satisfaction and uh, uh, and in general higher higher employability and what we saw is for example self confidence was one of those skills that was always among the most important ones and the, and the ones with the higher correlation and uh, uh, yeah so i think it's it's some level of you know self esteem and believing in yourself believing that you can learn uh, it's it's also really foundational so i would say these are again not easy to to learn like or, or to develop these actually these are not things that you you learn right like uh, you know becoming uh, you know self confident uh, you know seeking development you know giving uh, receiving feedback uh, this is what once you a person that deeply developed this and didn't have them before is probably going to look almost a different person so we're really talking about personal growth and development here and i think uh, the first suggestion is this comes with uh, the willingness and the intention right i want i need to want to develop this is not something that uh, you know i can be forced upon or you know others can say now you need to like if i don't believe that i that there's benefit in me in in growing in this direction then you know no training program will will really help me right uh, i i remember uh, a note from our previous speaker on the last show uh, change needs to comes from within right you can't enforce training and learning right if people need to identify themselves as well that you know there is a need for a change in terms of foundational skills and i really love how you always add that little note of tech and digital right up there with the base foundation considering uh, you know uh, the overall training part right that uh, you can enforce people to train but how do you think the data's approach could help shape the whole education and organization training as such yeah so as i mentioned that uh, the the granularity of of this framework and by the way this by no means is the you know the unique framework that you know many have written somewhat uh, on the similar lines i think the what we have tried to be very methodical and conscious about is to create this framework in a way that uh, it's as granular as it needs as right. in uh, you know every element uh, needs a, a specific conscious choice or and discussion on how it's best to develop that element and then in a way that, that they are somewhat you know not messy with the, you know a concept like uh, broad concepts like uh, emotional intelligence uh, that you know it's really difficult to pinpoint right that they are so broad that you can define it in a variety of ways right so so we try to basically give more precise definition and avoid all the very broad uh, concepts uh, to give more precision so in that in that precision any education system or, or learning organization could either take this or develop their own but that level of precision give you the ability to say okay i for example i i'm going to meta tag all my program to make sure that uh, if this is how i develop uh, you know hashtag uh, #creativity uh you know this is this is this is it i can always go there and find it and if i see that the creativity in students is not improving i go back i see how i'm developing creativity and i change it and so so i think this is a bit how how organizations can can use a, a similar framework and uh, and i think especially in the education system i think it's quite important that uh, this is 
pursued more systematically, right? And and the challenge is that uh, our education system have been developed, uh, especially the you know higher education system and the, the high school system. They have really been developed mostly focusing on the content and the knowledge. You know, all the assessments are assessing people based on what they know and what they can conjure up on a test, which means that most of the focus is really going into the subjects and into the you know what you might be asked in a test. And so if you if you're not intentional in actually saying okay, but how do I also develop all of these arguably more important traits that will be the one that future-proof citizens enable them to learn whatever they want in the future. You know, how, are my, how am I actually doing this? And, and, and so I think, I think many educational organizations have been very open to say, you know, many of these things I, I simply haven't prioritized. And, and there's a chance that uh, even if I say that they are important, we might not be developing in schools because, uh, you know, we're not training, training teachers on them. We are, uh, we are not uh, suggesting, you know, ex- specific uh, approaches and modalities to develop these different skills. And so I think this is where really the, I hope many education systems and organizations will, will, will become much more precise. Maybe let me, let me close this, this answer to, to a metaphor, right? Uh, I can't remember if it's in Finland or in, or in Sweden, but even one, one country where basically they are in snow most of the year, right? And so the, the language of that country has 17 different words to mention snow, to, to describe snow. And every word is describing a specific, a specific type of snow. And so here is the same, the same thing for skills, right? If you believe that uh, these skills are such an important part of the future and of your life and your success, then saying soft skills is, is just saying snow. And yes, you see it's white is falling, but, but that's not going to give you much, right? Uh, if you think other, instead that these, these skills are really, will make everyone successful. And in per, my personal opinion, everyone a better human being like uh, and this is ultimately humans have developed by cooperation and the reason why we have achieved what we have done is because we have been able to cooperate with each other and so behind all of these cooperation like there's many of these these uh, skills and so these are really important so worth to go to the extent and exercise of uh, precisely define what these skills are and then defining and deciding how we best develop it in our in our learning um, programs. Sure. Thanks for that elaborate answer. I think uh, it's about reinforcement and uh, realization that what is the base, right? What is the foundation for, uh, uh, you know, people to be future ready? And that base probably comes from education, like you were saying, right? I mean, uh, the education system needs to start adopting these in order to make people future ready rather than enforcing it later at organization stage. Uh, while that is a key stage as well. Coming from, you gave a really interesting example about uh, a really interesting metaphor about snow, right, across countries. And that, that brings me, reminded me of uh, my, you know, my next question that I was going to ask about, uh, you know, here's a fun section, right, that this is uh, of the fun part or rapid fire round, right? What's the most fun thing, Marco, have you learn living and working across countries uh, okay somehow you're pointing me towards the snow though uh, so so no that uh, I need to remove that from my mind because you know I'm in Switzerland so of course uh, what I, one thing that I learn is yeah snow snow in the Alps is great and especially in Switzerland but, but no I mean going more to a more serious note like uh, it, it's uh, I, I think one thing you learn when you see and work in different countries is that uh, people organization and cultures are different. Mm. significantly so and none of this makes it right or wrong uh, there's not a right or a better uh, it's it's just that a, there's a prevailing culture and a prevailing ways of working and ways of thinking and i think one key skill that 
everyone needs to master. We want to do, I mean, both if we want to work internationally, uh, but also as we are becoming a more global community, it's really understanding this diversity, appreciating this diversity and being able to, to, to flex when needed. So I think this is probably the, the key learning for, from anyone that has had the opportunity to, uh, and it's not just because, you know, traveling is something then yes, you're, you know, you're seeing it looks odd, but you're there for a week or two and then you go back. Uh, but when you actually work or live in a, in a place and, and you see just how different things are and, and, and you appreciate that difference, you know, I think, and this is where probably, you know, the design, the idea of, you know, exchange students and, you know, all, all or multi, multi diverse uh, programs, uh, whether it's learning and, 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 and all those organizations that are really pushing to increase diversity is because they really understand the beauty of, of, you know, uh, diverse ways of, of working coming together and people appreciating diversity. Sure. I think that's a fun and a really interesting thing to learn. Uh, what was the best thing that has happened to you this year? Uh, interesting. So um, I moved house. So I went uh, a bit uh, further from the city. So I'm in a bit, uh, bit of a remote area in Switzerland, close to the mountains. Uh, not too close, but, uh, but uh, a bit closer. Uh, and the lake. So that's, I guess, on, on the personal side. On on the uh, on the professional side, I'm I'm very happy that I'm seeing really some important innovation being unlocked in in the world of education. So far, it's still mostly private taking the leadership. I would love to if, if some of these models, like uh, we're sometimes we're really talking about the new education models, if if they can also become a bit more uh, you know the new normal uh, and you know enter also the public system so that they are available to everyone. So I guess the the, the best thing that happened is me getting to know more of, of, of these models and, and I guess getting excited about, uh, you know, the change that is possible and, and already happening. Sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think interesting spin on that uh, work part as well, along with that mount, I mean, going from the mountains. Uh, uh, have you ever won a contest? Are there any fun memories around that? Contest, actually, and uh, maybe this is linked also to one of the best things that happened. Yes, I, I did won a contest uh, in, uh, I won an award for, for my book. So um, oh. I got, uh, it got second in the economics category and the third one was a Nobel laureate so very happy about that and uh, not sure what I, I probably there are there are some more uh, odd contests that during my time at business school that I that I won whether it was uh, uh, you know the, the run on uh, I don't know is it a sack race I think it's called when you have to put a sack under uh, like uh, around your feet and you need to jump jump around so yeah I won that contest <laughs> that was uh, and, uh, by falling in the mud so uh, that was a fun fun uh, fun How memory for you uh, when that happened uh, actually like uh, older than i that i that i uh, that i enjoy admitting i think i was 26 well i, I well, maybe i missed it but i thought that it was a childhood memory <laughs> no 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 that was during business school so there was uh, this this fun activities organized all right uh, i think that's great um, this was a fun session some parting thoughts uh, marco what are the couple of top two, three things people should start doing to be future uh, ready, fu ready for future of work? There's more around the takeaway. 
maybe I'll, I'll, I'll take advantage to mention one thing that I forgot when you ask, you know, what are those foundational skills? Because this is really actually where I would start, right? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the portion on self-awareness, right? I think it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to start uh, building these foundational skills without a good solid base of self-awareness. And so when I mean self-awareness is at least being brutally honest with yourself. What do you think you're good? What you think you're not good? Who you think you are? What's good about you? Um, what, what would you desire to be and taking the courage that the, once you paint, you know, who would you be proud to like, who, who would be the person that you would be proud to, to speak about, right? This is who I am. Uh, and if that, if the features of that person is some features that you, that you miss, then is, you know, taking the courage and, but also the uh, optimism that, uh, it's never to learn to change it's never to learn to grow too late to grow. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's possible, but it really starts from a personal, a personal desire and, and introspection. And, and so I would, I would start there. Uh, oftentimes there's not much time for that. Uh, many of us live busy lives. And so in my case, I had to take a full year off and, and only that got me into, into this thinking, which I found myself very useful both to, I guess, craft my, my story, my purpose and who I wanted to become and then act on it, right? In my case, it passed through uh, a long and deep meditation retreat. Anyone will find their own, you know, triggers to, to start the journey uh, in a bit more, uh, uh, I guess, thoughtful, but, but, uh, you know, convinced way, right? It's, uh, you know, all of us, I think, do many of us at least to do the New Year's resolutions. And maybe that's enough, but it's about, you know, having the resolution of really saying, you know, this is who I am today. But uh, I'd love to become a person that is slightly better, slightly different, or, uh, you know, you, you craft it. Uh, and, and there's always opportunity to learn and to grow, right? Like, I think no one, I, I struggle to, to think of a person that I, at least I admire that would, would claim I've, I've stopped learning, I've stopped growing. <laughs> uh, that, what, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? What, what a lovely, motivating note to end with. Uh, I, I learned uh, a lot from this session today, along with that motivational part to ensure I, uh, you know, personally push myself for the better. And I encourage my teams and others to do that as well. I, I learned today about the foundational skills, uh, you know, how they are important to be future ready. More Also, I learned how we probably should stop calling them soft skills. <laughs> so these are base skills, right? Not necessarily soft skills anymore. And uh, how technology plays a part as well, right? One of the key components, uh, technology and, uh, you know, uh, technical cognitive ability to understand systems and technology. Uh, there was this was a great session, Marco. Uh, I really I really enjoyed talking to you today about uh, future of work and the skills that uh, people need in order to be future ready. I would like to really thank you for your time today. This was a wonderful, motivating session. Your thoughts? <laughs> oh, thank you for the opportunity and and. Thank you for uh, being interested in, in this paper and in this concept. Thank you so much and you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Saurabh, you too. 